Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to our buddy Matt Williamson coming up here momentarily, our NFL insider. We'll get his thoughts on what's going on as uh, the NFL uh, leads up to playoff time, Gordon. But I think we'll also ask him about the Zach Wilson comments from earlier in the week. He, uh, yeah, Matt's background yeah. is in the scouting world. Be curious to get his thoughts on on kind of what leaked out about uh, Zach over the weekend. So lots to talk to uh, Matt about right now. You know, and I, I don't think that's had any effect on the way teams are viewing. Not uh, viewing Zach. Uh, and that's based on my continuing uh, checking the mock drafts. And he's still in most of mock drafts uh, uh, listed very highly. So, Well, in fact, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get to it. Austin, let's, uh, let's hit that up. No open. Oh, sorry about that. Live radio, folks. All right, out to the zone phone we go. Uh, he makes the magic happen for ProFootballNetwork.com. He's on uh, the Locked On, uh, Locked On Network, a podcast, the Peacock and Williamson podcast. He's our friend Matt Williamson. Matt, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Hey, good. We have a lot of ground uh, to cover with you today. Let's, uh, let's start off with the contenders. Uh, would you throw the Buffalo Bills into that conversation? Oh, absolutely. I think they're a really well-constructed organization, roster, coaching staff, all the way down, peaking at the right time. I mean, they would have won nine in a row if it wasn't for the the Hale Murray, you know, kind of a crazy, fluky play. I think Josh Allen's really hit his stride, and I'm a little shocked by that, but I'm really impressed. Their defense was not great to start the season, but it's getting better at the right time. So, yes, I mean, I think they're a top three team in the league right now. What do you think, Matt, of the Dwayne Haskins and the Washington football team uh, situation and the way it turned out? Yeah, it's unfortunate, obviously, for the team because they invested so much in the young man and for the young man because he doesn't seem to be taking his responsibility seriously enough. But, you know, I... I found a telling that no one grabbed them off waivers today, but I would imagine somebody tomorrow will and because they don't want to pick up his first-round contract. But the problem I have with Haskins as a player, and a big thing that hurt him and also Josh Rosen for this matter, is they're pure pocket passers. You know, they're not athletes. They're not fleet of foot. They don't get out and make plays when things break down. And, you know, so many of these young guys, Josh Allen's a perfect example, is while they learn their trade, while they learn to read defenses, they always had a trump card of they could be an improv guy. Well, Haskins doesn't have that at all. And I think a lot of these teams that are looking for the successors, you know, the the Bucks, the Steelers, teams like that, aren't going to want a big, you know, heavy-footed, power thrower that doesn't make plays outside the pocket and that's always going to hurt him let alone if he doesn't take you know the maturity aspect of it seriously but i will say you know i always say that it takes a village to raise a quarterback and the village that drafted him was on fire you know i mean he went to an awful organization and then this new group had nothing invested in him and i think everyone deserves a second chance so if he realized, if he looks himself in the mirror after this and says, boy, I was taking myself, I was taking this all for granted. I need to work harder. 
he's a young man. I, I believe he deserves a second chance. Matt, I want to ask you about the Browns, and uh, you cover the Steelers closely and, and it's, uh, that, uh, that division as well. And Cleveland, they just had to beat the Jets to get into the playoffs. The Jets, they had to get a win yeah. in that ball game, and they come away with an L. It can, I guess, is, is it reading into it too much that that says something about that franchise? Maybe a little. I mean, I very much – I mean, you didn't even mention I used to be a scout for the Browns. I mean, that organization doesn't know how to win yet. I mean, you look at that roster – it's very promising. I think Stefanski's in the coach of the year conversation. They're obviously trending the right way. But there's an art to learning how to win big games in this league and how to put teams away and let alone win playoff games. And I don't know that they're there yet. It was disconcerting to me against the Jets, who frankly are playing a little better. I mean, they can be the brunt of jokes, but they're playing a little bit better of late, especially after firing Greg Williams that they couldn't run the ball on the Jets, you know, that they couldn't do their bread-and-butter stuff against the Jets, whose best player, Quinn and Williams, was out of the game. You know, I mean, the defensive tackle wasn't even in there. I thought that they would at least be able to control the game on the ground and, and get away with the win, and they couldn't do that. That's what worried me most about it, because Baker Mayfield kind of just, kind of reminds me of Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, where they need something heavy to lean on. And when the team leans on them, they usually kind of crumble. And I think Stefanski's done a great job of, you know, realizing that. And when the ground game wasn't there, they couldn't do it. Who's your MVP thus far? Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, or somebody else? Josh Allen would be my third one. He'd be my somebody else. But I do think it's a two-horse race between the two you mentioned and I think it has to be Rodgers. I mean, he had one bad game against Tampa Bay. But other than that, he's been remarkably consistent. And I've always been a Rodgers guy. I mean, I don't mean to, like, make waves or make a hot take here. But I've been covering this league now as a media person for 16, 17 years. I've followed it my whole life. I worked in football before being in the media. If we're picking up teams of any quarterback I've ever seen going back to Montana and Marino and those guys – I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's the one that I least want to play against. And the reasoning, and it's really shown up this year, is the command of the offense and all the big plays, but there's no negatives. And you can say that for Mahomes, too, but the low-light reel that Aaron Rodgers puts out every year is so small, and this year's better than ever, and I don't think he's got a ton around him. I mean, I love Mahomes. If I was starting a franchise, everyone in the world would take Mahomes first. But imagine Rodgers with Tyreek and Kelsey and all the guys that he has, too. I think Rodgers has been the best player in the league. Outside of the contenders, Matt, that uh, you mentioned earlier, who's the team in the playoffs that you wouldn't want to face? The obvious one to me is Baltimore. Because, again, they were a fantastic team last year, and they're not much different now. Lamar is very dangerous, and he's starting to hit his stride. It's another one that I think knows how to win. Harbaugh, the organization as a whole, understand what playoff football is all about. But I'm a little hesitant to say that that's the obvious choice just because their last couple games when they've, quote, really gotten hot have been against really soft defenses and really bad teams. But I still think they're the one that I would say in terms of the non-obvious ones. 
I, I've read something, uh, I think it was earlier today, that really surprised me. For whatever reason, I must not have been paying that close attention. I'm sure you know, Matt. But I read that Russell Wilson has never missed a game in nine years. That yeah. That's shocking, isn't it? It's remarkable. I mean, things like that get overlooked way too much. And, yes, you know, quarterbacks are protected more than ever. But think how many scrambles he's had how smart he is in terms of his, you know, the people around him, the defenders trying to take his head off, knowing when to slide, when to duck out of bounds, the control of the tempo of the game. And he's not a young guy anymore, to your point. I mean, he's been around the league a long time. And frankly, he's played behind some of the worst offensive lines over the last 10 years in the league, too. So you can't tell me he doesn't have ailments and, you know, that there's not a massive amount of toughness involved there and competitiveness. Now that he's had a couple of years back in the league, what are your thoughts on John Gruden with the Raiders? I think he's a fantastic and underrated offensive mind and schemer. I mean, even like two or three years ago when he didn't have the offensive weapons he had now, he got a lot of production out of Jared Cook, you know, let alone Darren Waller and some guys that are better now. But I get the impression, and people have told me this, that he's a much better coach than he is. He's a much better offensive mind than he is overseer of an entire team. You know, like his defenses are very weak. And, you know, he's he's obviously the biggest name in that building. You know, Mayock obviously does a good job. But Gruden puts the final say on his uh, all the personnel acquisitions, and he's always going to lean towards offense. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. And he's proven there's not many guys in the world that you could say, this guy can take a pretty decent team and win a lot of games. And I think Gruden fits that mold. There's maybe 20 of them on earth right now. And he's one of them. But I don't think he's in the Harbaugh, Tomlin, Carroll class. You know, Sean Payton. Matt, there's a, there's a kid who's been pretty good uh, this past year in college football that we followed here because uh, BYU is, is here where we broadcast from, yeah. Zach Wilson. And uh, I'm curious to know, we want to ask you a couple of questions about him, but one of the ones that comes to my mind is of the teams that, are, that will be in the running for a quarterback uh, and, and not having particularly good years, uh, who might be in a position to draft him. Is there a coach, a quarterback guru, uh, a whisperer out there somewhere that would be a good fit for him to go to in order to not get killed like if he went to the Jets? That's a good question. I mean, I think at this point we just have to operate under the assumption that Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jags and you know the draft starts at pick number two. Uh-huh. I sort of disagree with you on the Jets. I mean, I understand that they're terrible to look at right now, but I think Joe Douglas, their GM, knows what he's doing. He has a heavy offensive line background, and he's only had one offseason with the team, and he signed a bunch of offensive linemen, you know, for better or worse, and then drafted Mekhi Becton, who's going to be a star in this league. So yeah, I don't think the Jets are a bad fit for Wilson at all. And he very well could be the second pick in the draft. And I would trust Douglas to, you know, go sign a stud right tackle if that's the plan, because that's kind of how he's built. And that's what he learned from the Eagles and Ravens. 
So, Matt, speaking of, of Zach Wilson, and I kind of want to tap into your former scout experiences here because there was a, a report over the weekend, and it was in uh, it, it kind of a – I think it was Wilson football. Is that what it was called? Gordon? It's a Walter. 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 Uh, anyway, um, from a NFC scout talking about Zach Wilson. And uh, here's the quote said, quote, Wilson has character concerns. Rich kid who is an entitled brat. Uncle owns JetBlue. Parents are a pain, not a leader. Selfish. And he's a know-it-all, unquote. So I guess when you hear something like that leaked from the scouting world, what, what goes through your mind? First of all, anonymous scout isn't something that I jump on and say, oh, that must be gospel, that must be Bible, that's truth, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't love that, you know, someone's just going to quote anonymous scouts. I mean, there's so many scouts and so many people that don't know what they're talking about that want to get to quote in there, and there's a lot of people that have agendas that want to get that out on Twitter and whatnot for whatever reason. I don't know the, the young man, but I will say that's something that scouts, and for the most part, rightfully so, usually don't love is we used to call him a, a, a three garage guy, you know, that if you grew up with three garages in your house, <laughs> you probably didn't have to work all that hard. You know I mean? You didn't have to bite and scratch for your next meal. And that's not the kid's fault. I mean, who wouldn't want to grow up that way? But I mean, I do think that the old school scouts don't love hearing that, you know, that everything's been kind of spoon fed to you. And, and the parents thing to me gets brought up once in a while in the draft world. And it doesn't matter at all. Like I did a lot of work in uh, recruiting. I mean, basically for four years, all we did was recruiting and parents matter in recruiting parents matter in high school football if I draft a young man and give him millions of dollars, I don't even ever talk to his mom once. I don't care one bit about his mom and dad. I mean, none of that stuff matters to me at all. I mean, if the kid's great, I don't have to deal with his his parents. If they call me telling them he, I should bench the other quarterback, I'm not even going to take the call. You know, so I don't. I wouldn't look much too much into it. I'm just still kind of scratching the surface on my draft prep. But a lot of people I've trusted, I've talked about Wilson, and nobody said that to me. It doesn't mean it's not true, but that's the first reports I've heard of something like that. I'll put you on the spot here a little bit, Matt. As you consider the teams in the league who are in need of a young quarterback, and that's a little different than the need of a veteran quarterback, but mm -hmm. what teams do you think could use a kid like that, if not him, then, uh, you know, Justin Fields or somebody else. Uh, which teams do you think will go that way when draft comes around? I mean, you can say this any year, that when in doubt, all every team's going to – I mean, team, more teams are going to come out of the woodwork that are going to be in that market than ever. You know I mean? More than you think. If we, if we would go through all 32 teams and I came up with five or six – that means there's 10, you know, like the lions come to mind. If the price is right and they can trade Stafford for a one and open cap space and use that on a pass rusher and draft a kid and start over with a new coaching staff, that makes tons of sense. I mean, watching the Patriots last night, boy, do they need a young guy to build around and you know, use all their cap money on building a nest for him to fall into Washington absolutely comes to mind. We talked about Haskins earlier. You know, now their coaching situation's pretty stable. 
some of these are hard to answer, you know, the Jets and the Lions in particular, because I don't know who their coach is yet, you know. I mean, so if they've got a defensive-minded coach that's not going to support the quarterback properly, then maybe they should go the route of, you know, getting a veteran as opposed to a young guy. But the answer is always more than you think. Even uh, the mock draft that I have in front of me right now, I just randomly picked one up, and they have – uh, they have the Falcons picking fourth, and they have them picking Zach Wilson. The Falcons, that makes perfect you know, sense. Matt Ryan, what is he, 35, yeah. 36 years old now? So who knows? That makes perfect sense to me. I think that's a great one. You know, that by week eight or ten, the, the young guy would probably be playing. Uh, Ryan fits that mold of what we talked about before, of not being able to create with his feet. And you don't want to be a year late on that guy. You'd rather be a year early. Matt, as always, we appreciate you. Thanks for jumping on with us. Absolutely. It was fun. Thanks, guys. Matt Williamson, our uh, our good friend, uh, Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and always uh, always very insightful. Man, he's good. He is really good. And the fact that he's got the background that he has must come in so handy for him. Yeah. To be able to, like, we ask him a, a, a question. He had no clue we were going to ask him about Zach Wilson. And he, he he can kind of look at something like that and kind of cock his brow a little bit and go, well, you know, I I wouldn't marry anything right now, you know. I, I loved his take on the anonymous scout thing, too. That could just yeah. mean so many different things. Mm-hmm. You know, some guy this, who uh, who hangs around outside the gate of a practice going, yeah, I'm scouting. <laughs> the, uh, the mock draft that I just called up is CBS Sports. And, yeah, they have the Falcons with the fourth overall pick, and they have Zach Wilson as your second quarterback off the board after Trevor Lawrence. That uh, probably is somewhat upsetting to some Ohio State fans who think Justin Fields is all this and all that. But uh, I've seen Zach all over the place. man. I've seen him as high as the second overall pick. And I've seen him. Uh, I've seen one one mock draft I saw didn't even have him in the first round. So it seems like there's some confusion there. But most of the reputable mock drafts I think have Wilson going in the top 15 picks for sure. Real quick, uh, while we're on the NFL, uh, Gordon, um, some of the year-end TV ratings were released recently, uh-huh. and of the top 100. Uh, televised events, uh, rated televised events. How many of those do you uh, think were from the NFL? Uh, I'd say a good portion of them. Well, that's not an answer. Of course it's a good portion of them. Give me a number. I don't know. I have no idea, Jake. Just take a stab at it. This isn't like common knowledge or anything. It just came out Out, today. Out of the top, how many? 100. 100 watch television events, like shows, whatever. uh, 35? 69, likely 70 from the NFL. Now, how many of those uh, in the top 100 do you think were the NBA or Major League Baseball? Um, Combined. Combined? Combined. Well, you say it like that, so now I'm suspicious, so I'll say 20. Zero. (laughs) Wow. Zero. NFL is still king, man. So, uh, let's see here. Here's your top ten, okay? Super Bowl, 49ers Chiefs, 99.9 million viewers, number one, (laughs) by a long way. 
Number two, uh, presidential debate, uh, number one, 73.1 million. Number three, presidential debate, number two, 63 million. Number four, vice presidential debate, 57.9 million. Uh, and those are on several networks, by the way. Keep in mind that fo- that's the combined rating of several networks. The the football is obviously just on one. Number five was the NFC title game, 57.9 million. Number six was the AFC title game, 41.1 million. Number seven was the State of the Union, 37.2 million. Number eight, the NFC divisional playoffs, Seahawks Packers, 37.2. Number nine, the AFC divisional playoffs, Texans Chiefs, 35.4. And number 10, the NFC wildcard playoffs, Seahawks Eagles, 35.1. That's impressive, man. Well, considering like all the the debates and stuff like that would not exist in a non-election year, I mean... There'd be more NFL inventory in there, right? Yes, there was. Okay, now it's, I'm. That's, that's amazing, Jake. Let's see. Seven, essentially seventy out of the top hundred. Yep. Now, what is the not the first? What do you think the first non-sports, non-political show is on this list? I don't think you're going to get it, but you can take a stab at it. Austin might get it. I have no idea. Um... I've, I, I, I don't a know. A show about a creek? Uh, no. It's a reality show, though. The Bachelor? Uh, Bachelor. Nope. Uh, no, 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 no. Survivor? Uh, the Masked Singer. Oh, vomit. Number uh, 22 <laughs> on the list. 23.7 million. Does that include the post-Super Bowl special? I'm not sure, to be honest. Now, now they've got the best dancer. Uh, College Football National Championship was at number 18. At fourteen point three million, the Academy Awards were at twenty three at thirteen point six. The Thanksgiving Day Parade for you, Gordon, at thirty five with twenty two million. Don't miss it. No one watched that; they just turned it on because it's tradition. It's amazing. Oh, how... why, why would why would anybody do that? That's, that's <laughs> not true. It's amazing how little of these are actual um, entertainment television. It's like all politics and sports. <laughs> Pretty nuts. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll have more coming up next. Uh, stay tuned. It is the big show. I want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. More big show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This one goes out to Steve. This is Cake Manamana. I didn't know Cake covered this. I didn't know either, but he was very specific that it had to be the Cake version. Because this is the Muppets, right? Yeah, Manamana. I also didn't know how to spell Manamana until today. Aren't the Muppets incredible? I just love the Muppets. They're terrific. I kept trying to talk my my, uh, three-year-old into wanting to watch the Muppets Christmas Carol, but she never did. Really? Yes. I don't know. Have you seen the the behind-the-scenes documentary about that movie? No. Is it good? Fascinating. Jim Henson, brilliant. That was the last movie he made while he was alive. 
What? No, uh, first after his death. I'm is sorry. that what it was? His son just made a like an, a, a rated R Muppet movie. What was that called? Because I went to see it. I don't remember what it was called, and but it's horrendous. I'm the only one in the world who thought it was hilarious. Yep, you are. <laughs> Well, Happy Time Murder or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, it was like a Muppet film noir. I, it was really something. Was it, did it have the Muppets in it? It should have been not, rated X. Not your normal. I mean, they were Muppets, but not like Kermit and Miss Piggy. Oh, right, okay. They were, yeah. Austin is just looking at me. You're was, a bad person. It, it was a funny movie. No. It was abhorrent. It was. I thought it was hilarious. Who was the with the gal? She's famous. She's really funny. What's her uh, name? Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Shame see, on you. Didn't see it, did you, Gordon? Shame on what, you. What ranking did that get on the movie zone? A don't go? Uh, I'd never see. <laughs> i never, never don't see. Go. <laughs> That's their, that was That's their our rating system. system. Yeah. Go, don't go, Whoa. wait for the stream. Yeah, yeah right. I, I'm assuming that got a don't go. I saw it, it in the theater. I, I made my wife <laughs> see it. What'd on a weekend think? peak time night. Yeah, I did. What did she think? Uh, I don't know. She didn't hate it. She, I, I, it would be a stretch to say that she liked it. <laughs> but you loved it. <laughs> it's a film noir with Muppets. It was incredible. I think that's pretty much all you need to know about Jake right there, Austin. Have you ever seen the, the, the play, the Broadway hit Avenue Q? Also involving no. Muppets and also hilarious. Yeah, a Maybe little more uh, sophisticated no, there's than no... Happy Time Murders. Okay, maybe a little, but not a ton. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes on Happy T- the Happy Time Murders. Wow, that was two years ago. Uh, 24%. Ooh, <laughs> not well received. That was the uh, tomato meter. The <laughs> audience score, 40%. Okay. Yeah, what, okay. Is, what is the tomato so, meter That's an F minus. <laughs> Sounds to me like you need to have Jake on on the movie zone. Oh, they, I, I don't have a sophisticated enough taste to be in the movie zone. You know what? I, I honestly don't consume enough movies. I wish I got to the movies more. I know I know this year is a little complicated, but other than this year, I I I, I don't get to the movies that often anymore. Uh, we're doing a another holiday special this week. P.S. on the movies. Very nice. I'm New still, Year's Eve. I'm still trying to think of, uh, and we we should probably be productive in this segment considering the the not sports report <laughs> is next. But I, I'm still trying to contemplate your your poll question for this week. Uh, who's my least favorite actor or actress? I like the Russell Crowe answer just because it irritates Gordon so much. <laughs> well, uh, and Jennifer. I, I, I just oh, I, she's I just terrible. Hack. Just terrible. I just don't know how someone can say that, uh, uh, yeah, my answer is Russell Crowe. Well, except for in Gladiator and A Beautiful Mind. Well, he wasn't and good in A Beautiful Mind. Gladiator was all right. I mean, he wasn't good. He, he was, was fantastic good. in that movie. Well, whatever. What's his name? The British guy was better than Russell Crowe. Oh, uh, Paul Bettany, guy. who's yeah. married to? Oh. Jennifer Connelly. Oh, uh, yeah. He was better than Russell Crowe was. That's where they met. But so was Ed Harris. He was better than Russell. He's a better actor than Russell Crowe, too. And he does the same guy in every movie. Every single one. Except Truman Show. Or uh, Pollock. Oh, yeah, Pollock. Have you ever seen Pollock? He's excellent in that. But Enemy of the Gates, just Ed Ed, Harris. Yeah. Ed Harris in the the one with uh, the Truman Show, he was downright creepy in that movie. But it's the same character as he plays in Apollo 13. <laughs> okay, so so here's this might be my answer, and Ed Harris led me to this. 
Jude Law might be my answer. Why? Because I went once and, and thought, hey, this talented Mr. Ripley looks great. And it was the worst movie I've ever seen. I came away from it thinking, you know what? I never want to see another movie with Jude Law or Matt Damon, for that matter, ever again. <laughs> Have you not seen the Sherlock Holmes then with yeah, uh, Robert was, Downey? Yeah, he was good in that. You're right. What about Contagion? Haven't seen that one. Don't see it this year. So, no. so just so yeah, so just so I get this straight, uh, the poll question is: an actor that or that you don't like that most people do. Uh, it's your least favorite actor slash actress, current or past. Oh, so not that most other people like. No, it's just your least favorite okay. actor slash actress. All right. Uh, well, I might go with Tom Cruise on that one. He's not a big fan. All right. Catch us 5 o'clock Thursday. Of all Tom Cruise movies? No, 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 no. But see, no, now no, you're no. guilty of the same thing that you you're were mad right. at Johnny Lightfoot for well, doing. Well, that's because most of these people are, are, are talented, you know? I mean, they're talented, or else they wouldn't get the roles they get. Uh so I, I don't know. What We're about, mixing what off about, in on-air convos here, by the way. What, what, Those what, listeners what, may not know. What about uh, what about a, a female actor or actress uh, who's somebody you just don't like? Anna okay. Kendrick. Okay, I can see that. Oh, I like Kristen Anna. Stewart. I didn't like the Twilight movies. Hi, okay, this actress, not so much, but comedian who I never thought was funny is Sarah Silverman. I'm with you there. Yeah, I never thought her routine was funny, but like her in School of Rock was kind of funny. So I guess that, that maybe isn't a good answer. She's funny in Monk. She's funny in Monk, right. So some of her acting stuff was okay, but I don't like her stand-up bit. I'm with you. All right, there you go. Hey, real quick, Gordon, so we can get some sports uh, <laughs> convo in here because we've got the North Sports Report coming up. Stay tuned, Bowler, at the top of, uh, of the five o'clock hour. The North Sports Report is going to gross you out. Sorry. Ah, great. It's just gonna it's gonna give you it's gonna give you the weeby jeebies. Gordon, what odds would you give the Jazz uh to winning the Northwest division? Uh out of zero to one hundred, how confident would you be that the Jazz would win the Northwest division? Say maybe eighty percent. Wow, that's a higher number than I thought I'd get from you. Yeah, I, I think about eighty. Because usually you're just in love with the Nuggets, so I was I was expecting to pounce on your number. Um, eighty per okay, I I can come along with eighty percent. I don't think it's going to be Portland, although they they are an outside uh, candidate. Obviously, I don't think, despite what we saw the other night, it's Minnesota. I don't think it's Oklahoma City, Denver. Probably the the most competition for the Utah Jazz, but I think they should win the division. I like your yeah, number they, at 80%. They just need to, not to turn the ball over so much and they have to they have to hit their shots. And like you pointed out earlier in the show, you gotta play a little defense. On ball defense. Come on. You gotta you gotta slow some folks down. See I don't think that's gonna change though. So how do yeah. they figure how do they figure a way around that? And and I think that has a lot to do with the threes and the pacing. Because I okay, don't but, think they're gonna have a top five defense this year. Okay, so let me point let me just point to last night's game. Donovan Mitchell has to be able to play better defense than he did on Lou Dort. He has to. He's certainly capable of it. Yeah, I, I agree um, that he's capable of it. I, you know, part of the Lou Dort thing I think was a little game planny because he normally shoots twenty nine percent from three, and last night he was what five of seven. I mean, that's pretty wild. But yeah, I get, was, I, was, I get your yeah. point. Also, would you match them up other than they're playing a similar position? Because the there's quite a size difference. 
How tall is Lou Dort? There's not as much as you think. He's only about 6'4". He's listed at 6'5". Yeah. With a 6'9 wing. And and Donovan's a 6'1", but listed at 6'2". So he's got three, four inches on Donovan. I mean, I know he's a good defender, but he was lighting uh, Donovan up last night at the other end. Basketball basketball reference, by the way, has him at 6'3". 6'3", 220. Hmm. Google has him at 6'5". What does Google know? (laughs) Uh, anyway, um, I've always Googled, but Gordon, uh, that game plan I did that he was lighting Donovan up. Remember what was it? Game seven. Who were they playing? Houston. Uh, Houston. And he went crazy. And yep. they, Houston was clearly yeah. just leaving him be. And, yeah. uh, he had 30, I think in that night. So Austin and I were talking about this before the show. You know, one thing I like about Lou Dort is he's gotten better offensively. I mean, yes, it's still, yes. uh, look at him shoot the ball. I mean, it's not it's not the prettiest thing you've ever seen. I do like that he's kind of got the, the golden griff rainbow jumper thing going. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, he, he he has gotten better. And I like anybody who plays their way onto the roster. Uh, you know, undrafted free agent who plays their way up the ladder. I think that's pretty cool. The yeah, Jazz have a yeah. number of those guys on their roster. I think that uh, that's a good cultural thing, you know, that encourages a good work ethic in a locker room. I think I, you know, Oklahoma City has a lot going for it, although I wouldn't pick them to win the division. Obviously. No, no, I wouldn't. One thing I noticed last night, and we were talking about this earlier, but I'll reiterate it in a different way, is that we were talking about how Donovan had struggled, but then he scored the Jazz's last 12 points in that game and hit the game winner with seven seconds left. But And, and I complimented him on the fact that he had not been shooting the ball particularly well and then he turned that around when the team needed him to. That's always been impressive to me, an athlete who can do that. But how about Boyan Bogdanovich last night? When he started out with, like, 0 for 5 from the field, and then he turned it around as well. So, that, I mean, I, that's, that's pretty amazing because both of you guys have played enough basketball to know that when you when you're not feeling it, it <laughs> sometimes for some players, that's, that's all you got to know. How they play in the first and second quarters is the way they're going to play throughout the entire game. Well, not the great ones. They can they can turn it. And you've played enough basketball to sprain your ankle four times. We learned that earlier in the show. Yeah, my ankles have uh, had their fair share. they got some battle scores on. Yeah. John Morant's got nothing on Gordon. Except for talent. Well, you know, don't sell yourself short. You were playing in some uh, pretty uh, uh, elite runs at the uh, at the the, the Cottonwood uh, Stake Center. <laughs> Did Bill Puxley also play basketball, or was he strictly hockey? <laughs> uh, he, he was a good all-around athlete. Hmm. That Bill most Puxley. most hockey players are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. All well, right. you know, well, you'll notice this: that most hockey, many hockey players are good golfers. Not sports port coming up next. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Time for the Not Sports Board brought to you by LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? 
Well, we're going to uh, we're going to Egypt, but uh, this is a trend that has happened in other countries as well. Okay, apparently, people in desperate need of pain relief are willing to let carnivorous reptiles slither all over their bodies and faces at a spa in Cairo. The story out of the New York Post says that uh, soothing music pumps through the sound system and snakes, oh, first the masseurs, rub oil all over the clients' backs before introducing a combination of pythons or around 28 different types of non-venomous snakes in uh, what is classified as an adrenaline-fueled 30-minute session. Ugh. No, pass. The, quote, pass. The, quote, the use of snakes is a type of massage, and it has two, two aims, physical and emotional. The physical aim is to improve blood circulation and mental stimulation, and the emotional aim is that it releases endorphins that help with the happy hormone that helps people regain confidence and strengthen the immune system system apparently this thing massages this thing started in asia and it's moved to egypt and indonesia and the philippines and uh and on to brazil russia israel and yes the united states and then they have pictures of this and there are people who are laying on a masseuse table with snakes covering their bodies and other pictures of snakes covering their faces. Doesn't this just feel like a grift to separate rich people from their money? It's like putting the gold yeah. leaf on the cake. It's like it's like somebody who's like, okay, I'm going to think of the stupidest thing that I can think of, write a bunch of jargon about it, and, and rich people out there will be like, well, this has got to work. There's a quote here from one of the customers, quote, I was nervous at first and scared of snakes being on my body, but the fear, anxiety, and tension was reduced, and the session gave a sense of relaxation as the snakes went over my back, and having them there boosted my self-confidence. I was happy to hand over $50,000, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's got a picture of these snakes all over this guy. I don't think uh, Indiana Jones would be a willing customer. <laughs> there, there was a show about this called Fear Factor. Yeah. It didn't go well. Uh, which I hated that show, yeah. by the way. I, that, I, why do I want to see somebody eat something so terrible? You know what or I mean? They'd lock them in cases with snakes on yeah, top right. of them. Huh? And how, what do you mean it didn't go well? Did somebody get hurt? Well, they, I think everybody on that show vomited at least you know, 50 point, times. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now, I, I could be pretty sore. And really need a massage, I ain't letting snakes do that work, man. I don't want I don't want them anywhere near me. And, and I don't know very I, many people who would. If if somebody who you thought was cool told you that it was cool, guarantee you're doing it. No way. No way. There is no freaking way. I don't listen to people like that, Jake. If Bill Plaschke called you and said, you know what, Gordon, I've discovered this great new massage method, you'd you'd book an appointment tomorrow. There's no way. Well, what There's if no uh, way in hell. What if on one of your concert getaways with the Kinahans, they booked this without you knowing? What You're doing it. No, I, mean, I ain't going. I'm going to do that. How about this one? If Lisa told you you're doing it. 
Bingo. You're doing it. Now it's getting a little more complicated. <laughs> I just, I know she wouldn't do it because she hates snakes. And so I, I, I'm not. Yeah, but if she came to you and said, Gordon, I, I, I've, I've got this great treatment. I think it'll, uh, it'll really have a positive effect on our lives. We're doing it. I booked us an appointment for Tuesday. Your response would be? Uh, not just no, hell no. I guarantee you're doing it. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. No way. That just that creeps me out big time. You want a bunch of pythons uh, all over your back? All over your head? All over your face? You'd suck it up and do it. I would not. You 100% would. There's, there's no like, way. Oh, okay, dear. What kind of wimp do you think I am? There's no way I'm doing that. <laughs> just know, I just know who's running the show. It's not I about would, being no, a wimp. No, there's no way. It's the same thing when she said, hey, will you haul 50 bags of mulch into the backyard? I say, no way. I'm no, working. No, you faked like you were working. Well, did I do it? <laughs> what if she said <laughs> she would leave a, you if you It was you a do ruse, it. though. <laughs> I'll leave you if yeah, you don't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then would uh, you do it? Well, well, I would, first of all, she would never say something Right, right, like but that. while we're, she would never do this in the first place. But no, while we're playing would. fantasy, what if she said, it's over if you don't do this? You going? Well, I'm not sure I'd want to be married to a woman that would say, if you don't do this. It's a hypothetical. Answer the question. Uh, I, I do what I can to please my wife. <laughs> but this just, freaks, this just freaks me out. I just, oh. That just does not look right. You are uh, this. You, you are the guy who saw Kenny Chesney five times in six days because Lisa wanted to go. First of all, I saw Kenny Chesney twice in a you week. You toured the country watching no, Kenny Chesney concerts because the, Lisa wanted to go. Lisa and then the Kinahans, they booked a, 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 a concert in Boise, Idaho, or up there somewhere. And then... Kenny added a show here in Salt Lake, Kenny. and so I got roped into going to both of them. But, but you, we couldn't, we couldn't bail on the other one. Because you could, we you could have said no to the Salt Lake one. Uh, yeah, but I mean that's different than having snakes all over your. No, back. no, it's not really. Uh, concerts are fun. You don't like country yeah. music. Uh, I'm not a big country fan, but I, I do tolerate some. See, because it wasn't just Kenny. It was also Old Dominion, and I really like Old Dominion. Okay. And I don't mind Kenny Chesney. He's got that beach vibe going, and that's good. All right, stay tuned. Bowler jumps on the show. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.